The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. Hi, yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome back to another exciting episode or welcome for the first time to another exciting episode of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, excuse me, episode 274. Uh, this sending out to all the wives out there that accompany their husbands to regional MMA events. So this, <laughs> this goes out to you. Uh, thank you for coming to the show. I'll be one of your hosts. I don't go to regional MMA and my wife doesn't come with me because I don't go to it myself. I'll be Jeff Chalks Fox. Maybe I will if there's an event in town sometime soon. Um, we got some more regional action for you today before we get back on the UFC grind later on this week. Make it sound like it, it's a, a, a tough job we do, so I'll say it's a grind, but it really isn't. Um, we got LFA 150, so the top regional promotion, at least in North America. Um, going down this weekend, Gumby, my better half here, Gumby uh, really killed it with his LFA picks last week. He went four and one with the uh, the five fights he picked on the main card and uh hit a big dog actually maybe maybe they weren't all uh main card ones but anyhow he, he hit a big dog and everybody ended up up money everyone in the discord sportsgamblingpockets.com slash discord went home happy with money in their pockets or in, in their accounts at least that they can go waste elsewhere so uh make sure you trail this man this week there i put a lot of pressure on him before i introduced him onto the podcast so with all that weighing down on him let's let's bring our in our gumby god daniel breland hello I feel like giving me pressure on LFA is fine. Like okay. you did it on you did it on Contender Series too. We we always rose to the top at the end of the day. So yeah, you can you can lay it on here. All right, I just did. So all right, can or can't I've well, done it. Well, it's freaking on then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thoughts on this on this card? Is it a good card? No, no belts on the line, but um, is it a decent LFA card or not? There's a couple guys who I have like circled as like kind of interesting. Um. The the main event is definitely got a pair of guys who whoever walks out of that fight is going to wind up being pretty close to the UFC anyway. Um, one of them I, I kind of thought was already going to be there, but hasn't been yet. Um, but I would say it's a little bit thinner than last week. Last week's um, LFA was pretty good. And actually, there's one later in the month that I'm pretty sure has Roosevelt Roberts on it, if you remember that name. I, so, I do, the president, Roosevelt Roberts. Yeah. Um, actually, I think he's the predator. I think you had that wrong. No, uh, he should be the president. <laughs> With a name like that, it's a presidential name. But anyway. It is a presidential name. But anyway, uh, yeah, so like, I, I, not the best LFA card, but still a good one. Yeah, LFA um, probably will be our, well, it, they have to, they have, to uh, have a show every week, but they'll probably be our go-to. Monday episodes. Actually, we got Invicta next week, so forget that. I'm already scratching my idea. It's already been uh, scrapped. That's why. Well, I uh, think there's not an LFA next week either. Yeah, I'm well, there you go. It's perfect. We got Invicta yeah, next week. There's there's a break for LFA for a week. That's gonna give us time for Invicta, and then yeah. right back to LFA on uh, the. I think that's the weekend of the 28th. Yeah. But the bad news is UFC is only going two weeks, and then they're off, Dan. But then they're back on for like eight yeah, weeks true. in a row or yeah, something. We'll, we'll be we'll be good. Which is true. All right. Um, and, that, and that week's hmm. got uh, both an LFA and it's got uh, 
PFL Challenger Series that week, too, um, which I, I heard this year they're not doing on tape delay. <laughs> oh, yes, that was fun. Yeah, uh, veterans of the show will remember that. Some people made some good money on that because it was uh, PFL didn't didn't advertise that it was a taped show. So books were giving you odds for a taped show. And people, some people uh, in the Discord took advantage of that and, and made some good money off that. So anyhow. Hopefully that Schmazola will not happen uh, again this year. So, um, all right, but we will talk about that when the time comes this week. Like I said, we got LFA 150. Um, maybe before we jump into all that stuff, I will tell you about our sponsors who keep us in your ear holes. It would be WinBet, off first one off the bat here. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Get $100. Limited to state availability. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. At Underdog, the season never ends. Right now, you can play their weekly Battle Royale games or even draft your playoff best ball team. They also have a ton of daily games for NBA and NHL. Plus, when you use promo code SGPN at UnderdogFantasy.com, you get 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Once again, giving away free money to you. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. All right. We're headed to the Mystic Lake Casino, Dan. Have you ever been to the Mystic Lake Casino? I have not. Where where is the Mystic Lake Casino? Casino <laughs> Hotel in Prior Lake, Minnesota. Oh, of course. Yeah. Obviously. It's how silly of me. <laughs> Prior Lake. I, um, uh, let me see. Prior Lake. It's a city of Minnesota. I can tell you that much. In Minnesota. Is it by Minneapolis or anything? It, it means is. it's closer oh. to you than it is to me. It's true. It's southwest of Minneapolis. There you go. That's what that's where Prior Lake is. And I, I see a picture of it, and it looks very cold and snowy. That's yeah, that, there at all. yeah, that tracks. That does track. Okay. Um, it is going down Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern on UFC Fight Pass, and we got 15 fights in a cage. Sadly, once again, in a cage, but that's okay. Um, we're gonna break down five of them for you, starting with. Some middleweights. Wes Schultz, Dylan Budka. Budka. I'm going to call him Budka. These are the two amazing nickname uh, guys that I'm going to break down here. Oh, first of all, it, uh, no odds, right? I couldn't find odds, and I'm assuming I, you didn't either. I haven't found odds yet, but I, okay. I did handicap them myself so that I can yep. give you guys what I, I think the books are going to line them at and then yep. kind of give you some indication of whether or not you should play them up or down. And when the real odds hit, we will be discussing them in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. So there you go. Okay. Um, Budka, the mindless Hulk is his nickname, Dan. <laughs> his Hulks Great. are usually uh, brainiacs, right? Uh, I mean, I, I this, this is just, yeah, they're not usually supposed to be smart, but he wants to make sure that this is mindlessly yeah. dumb. Yeah. He, he wants to make sure to know he's not a... Uh, a Brainiac Hawk, he's the mindless Hawk. He's 4-1, and one, one knockout, one submission. He's been submitted one time. 2-0 and on LFA. He's won four straight fights, so he got submitted in his pro debut and has reeled off four straight since then. Used fight up at light heavyweight. He's four years younger than Schultz. Schultz, party time, Schultz. Another good <laughs> nickname. So these guys are pretty much the, uh, the same wavelength, these two guys. Um, Schultz is 3-0 and oh with two submissions. 
two of those sights were in LFA. Uh, he used to fight at light heavyweight and heavyweight, and he is two inches taller than Budka. I don't have any uh, reach info, unfortunately, or uh, odds, but that's what Gumby's here for. Yeah, so you might have remembered, uh, and you probably will once I get talking about it, that we actually broke down a West Schultz fight before. He fought a guy uh, by the name of John Knutson. Yeah, you remember John? I remember, I, yeah, I do, and I remember the party time nickname as well. So yeah, yes. and John John Knutson hadn't fought in nine and a half years, uh, right. and I and I picked John Knutson anyway. Uh, That's the way like, you roll. He, well, he was like a plus five hundred dog, and. I had issues with Wes Schultz and those issues persist. The issues are he, he is a really like, like he's a pretty talented wrestler, but he's a really good grappler. So like his jujitsu sharp and he, he does a good job with his takedowns. However, if you've seen some of his fights with the exception of the nuts in one where he's fighting a guy who's kind of like old and hasn't fought in a really long time. If somebody just like stuffs him enough or makes him work for stuff, he gets really tired really quickly. Like uh, if you go back to the fight before where he fought a guy named Hamza Salim, which was also in LFA, he won that fight by decision, but he just got worse and worse and worse and worse as the fight went on. Um, the, The other guy was like picking him apart a little bit on the feet when it ended and like stuff like that. And so, I think he's going to be a favorite here because he's three and oh, and he's looked really good. I bet he's even like a negative two twenty five favorite here, but I'm actually going to take the dog money here on Dylan Budka because Budka, um, he also, so both of them come from college wrestling backgrounds. Um, so you have to imagine that Budka is going to come in with enough wrestling that he can stuff the early takedowns of Schultz. And what I've noticed about Budka too, is that as the fight gets going, his conditioning is incredible and it usually usually he gets more and more takedowns as the fight goes on because as his opponent tires he tires less so so he winds up like hitting more and more takedowns as it goes so i actually think that early in this fight it's going to look like schultz is is taking over and i think you're going to see budka kind of like gain the momentum in the the early parts of the second round and just completely take over by the end do i think he'll finish him maybe maybe not but like you know, I sort of think Budka's wrestling will wind up ruining the day. All right. How many, uh, what are we getting him at? Uh, so I'm going to say 215 because I said Schultz is a favorite yeah. at negative 225. So like plus 215, 210, somewhere in that range. Where do you like him to? What number? I mean, if he, if I'm getting positive money on it, because like this isn't yeah. one of the ones where I'm like, oh, there's lots of value in Budka or something like that. Okay, this is yeah, one yeah. where I'm saying I like Budka. So if Budka is, if he's an underdog at all, I like him. And I'd maybe even bet him a little ways into the negative, maybe not too far into the negative, but like if it got up to like negative 110 and I was still feeling good about it, like I, I'm negative 120, I might still bet him. Um, but like as long as he's a dog, definitely bet him. All righty. Let's move on to what weight class are we going to? We're going down one to welterweights Scott Ritz versus Jalen Fuller. Um, Fuller, the Jalen, the gentleman Fuller is six and two. Three knockouts, two submissions, never been finished in a fight. So he's lost two decisions. Five and two in LFA. So he's been fighting high level. Uh, he's got a loss win loss over his last three fights. Two inches taller than Ritz. Ritz is six and two with four knockouts, two submissions. And he's been knocked out once, submitted once. So he's never gone the distance. He is two and one in, in LFA. Uh, however, he's won four straight fights. He also had a fight in Bellator where he, which he lost. He went 0-1 in Bellator. So that is all I, the info I got for these two gentlemen. So Ritz is going to be a favorite here. I'm not sure by how much. I'll say like just south of negative 150, maybe negative 145. 
he, the, the thing about Ritz is he is, he's one of those guys who's kind of methodical early on in fights. He, uh, first of all, he's a lefty. Both of these guys are lefties, which kind of makes the fight interesting, but like he's kind of methodical in the way that he moves forward. He uses a lot of pressure, but if his opponent faints, he like just kind of backs away. So like he likes to turn up the pressure, but isn't really willing to like get hit early until he finds his range. Um, and then when he throws, not the most technical dude in the whole world. He throws absolute hammers, especially his left hand. Like when he lands with his left hand, it is like a clubbing left hand that like drops people. His last fight, he dropped his opponent three different times uh, until the one that that actually dropped him. Um, Fuller, who I really think is going to be a dog simply because he's been beat a couple of times in his last three fights. Mostly he's been beat by dudes who are like wrestling him and like badly out wrestling him. So uh, that's why I think, you know, maybe they give him a little bit more of a chance in this fight. Ritz not going to re- wrestle him at all here. Um, but for me, the problem with Fuller here is even though he's been beat by wrestling, he's a southpaw and he holds his hands like a little lower. And when he holds his hands a little lower, he throws out that jab and they go back to his hips and then come up to his chest and still aren't at his face. So like he does a lot of striking where he's still not protecting himself after he's overextended himself or after through something. So counters are, are a nightmare for this dude. So what I'm going to say here is I'm not only going to pick Ritz at negative 145, but I'm going to say he wins this fight and he wins it by throwing the hard left hand over the top of a jab from Fuller and knocking him out with it. Cause it's just like, it's too obvious the type of punch Ritz likes to throw and the type of punch that Fuller is susceptible to. Look at this guy. He is getting cocky after going 4-1 with uh, LFA picks last week. Um, are there are props usually easy to find for LFA? No, they're terrible to find. They're never <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so so it's uh it's not much not much use him telling you. So yeah, this uh, is more of a pat on the back. So like when you see <laughs> him, you're like, oh, Gumby said that punch coming look at that yeah all right um let's go way down let's go down to flyweights miguel sanson versus mark clamaco um like i said flyweights three rounds we'll tell you about clamaco first he is seven and one two knockouts one submission he's been knocked out one time three and one in lfa he did win his last fight he also fought in bellator where he won his fight he's one no in bellator sanson is four and oh with a knockout all of those fights were in lfa He's two years younger than Kamako, three inches taller. So how do these little guys line up? So I think this is going to be a pick and fight. A lot of people are real big on on Sanson. Uh, they think he's like the next big dude. And as you mentioned, Kamako has been in there with some really tough dudes. He fought for Bellator one time. But not only did he fight for Bellator one time, he actually recently fought Yuma Horauchi, um, who just fought for the flyweight title. So he's like fought the best guys in LFA. Um, what I would say in this is that like, I get why people like Sanson. It's that he, he looks quick and he looks elusive and he looks like he's knows what he's doing in pretty much every Avenue. For me, there's just something missing. Like there seems to be no instinct to like pounce on opportunity. It's like, he knows if he throws like, like he doubles up his jab and he throws a punch behind it he's going to land like one of the jabs and then the other guy's going to back away and miss it. And he's going to be like, well, that's cool. That exchange involved me landing one punch and him and landing none. And so like everything is just like hyper calculated like that with him, but none of it seems to be like, 
jumping on bad situations or none of it seems to be looking for openings to like hit something devastating. He never, never seems to go for some sort of like big powerful finish or when he's on the ground, he like settles into position and stays there, which is why, like, if you look at his pro career decision, decision, beat a guy with a shoulder injury decision. So like, he's just like not going in there with any gusto and, I actually think Clomaco is a bad matchup for him because he's the opposite. Like, Clomaco is, first of all, I think actually a little faster, which is, I, I know people might scoff at that, but, like, I rewatched one of Sanson's fights because everybody's talking about him being fast and being this hot prospect and being a guy who you can circle in for a LFA title shot in a year or something like that. But he, I actually think Clomaco might be a little faster than him on the feet. He also utilizes kicks way better. Like, you'll see Clamaco work the calves early on in this fight. I'm almost positive of it. And then when he goes for a takedown, he does so with a lot more energy. He looks to take the back immediately, or he looks to land ground and pound immediately. And when he's on his feet, he's swinging to hurt, which I think is different than Sanson. Like, I think Sanson is just in there to, like, touch, or Sanson is in there to to win. And And that's not to say that, like, he couldn't knock somebody out, but it just seems like his priority is, like, win this in the smartest way possible. And I'm not sure that that's a good game plan against a guy like Clamaco who goes after it. So uh, I'm going to take Clamaco. I- I'm going to say pick him odds here. Negative 110. All right. Clamaco at minus 110, or maybe even we can get him for plus money. So, which would be nice. All right. So that is, that are the little guy. That is the little guys are the little guys. Um, those, those are the, those, guys. those, those is the little dudes. Uh, we're going to move to the big chunky guys the way we like it. Co-main event is a heavyweight fight. Thomas Peterson versus Richard Foster. Um, boom, boom, boom. Frosty Foster is six and four with one knockout, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. This will be his LFA debut. He's gone win-loss, win-loss, win over his last five fights. So he did win his last fight via submission. He is a, or was a regional champ. 2012 Pro MMA debut. So he's been around for a while. Five inches taller than Peterson. Don't have reach info for him, unfortunately. Uh, he also is a pro grappler. The train, the train, Peterson. Six and one with six knockouts. He's been knocked out one time himself, so he's never gone the distance. Five and one in LFA. Used to be the champion in LFA. Uh, heavyweight. He won his last fight via TKO. He's uh, Based on their last wins, he was 13 pounds heavier than Foster. He's also 11 years younger than him. Over to you. So, yeah, I, I think... Peterson's going to come in here as a massive favorite, probably negative 300. If I had to guess, like it, it seems like that's kind of a foregone conclusion, but I will say I'm because let's face it. One of these guys is a prospect. One of these guys is an old guy trying to hold on to a couple more fights. Um, No offense to Richard Foster, but that, that really is what it feels like for him. Whereas Peterson is a guy who thinks he can make a, a pretty substantial run. And, and for good reason, he beat Vernon Lewis, who is like a, uh, regional heavyweight dude who like everybody has probably heard like he, he was in, in LFA and he was in Bellator and he fought for like a couple of organ- other organizations like he, he's good. Um, but he also fought uh, Waldo Cortez Acosta. And that's the fight where I really got off of the the train, so to speak. I got off of uh, Thomas, the train, Peterson. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's ta- yeah, I, I totally butchered that. It's Thomas, the train, Peterson. Yeah, just it's got to yeah. be. It's got to be Thomas, the train, right? It can't uh, be the yes. train, Thomas. Yes. Um, but yes. anyway, to- Thomas, the train. Um, I think 
I think that's where I got off of him as a prospect because he is a wrestler by, you know, like that's his, his foundation. Like he, he starts with a wrestling base and he clearly likes to go to it early and often. But in that fight with Waldo Cortez Acosta, it felt like he couldn't settle into his wrestling. So like he got a couple of takedowns, but Waldo Cortez Acosta got up really quick and you know, Waldo Cortez Acosta looked good on the regional scene, but like, if you're going to be a prospect and you're going to be a UFC guy that we're going to talk about soon and stuff like that, like Waldo Cortez Acosta doesn't have good wrestling, right? Like that, that's kind of yeah. a knock on him. So for, for him to like kind of seamlessly get up and then just, I mean, he, he wore him out. That's the other thing is that like Thomas uh, Peterson just was like exhausted by the end of that fight, which is, you know, if, if you're a wrestler, you got to have the cardio to go with it at heavyweight, because unless you're like finishing everybody in the first round, like you, you need to be able to fight a second round, right? Like that, that's where the, the, you know, the Brock Lesnar's wind up beating the Shane Carwins because uh, Shane Carwin didn't have the gas tank to do that twice. And as far as Richard Foster is concerned, like he, he you mentioned, did some pro grappling. He's, fu- he's got some fun jujitsu. I've seen him do some fun things off of his back. Uh, doing, I actually saw some clips of him in one of those jujitsu matches. He looks like he's really good off of his back even, but like, he's just really slow. Uh, and, and like if Peterson winds up throwing with him on the feet, like it's just going to be Foster kind of throwing these like very slow punches and getting lit up. And I, I'm not even, this is going to be mean. Cause I just talked about how I didn't think Peterson had a very great gas tank. And that's one of the reasons I don't like him as a prospect. I think Foster's might be worse somehow because um, like he looked tired after like three minutes of grappling in a fight one time. And so like, yeah, I, I don't know why Foster is suddenly in this kind of co-main event spot against Thomas Peterson, but um, maybe this is the fight that Peterson needs to like get back on a, a really nice winning streak. So yeah, give me, give me Peterson, even at negative 300, probably nothing more than then a hashtag throw him in a parlay right here. But, yep. you know, pr- something that'll make your your other bets look better because I, I think he's a pretty safe negative 300. Ooh, heavyweight too. We, we shall see. And um, they are big chunky guys too, for those yep. wondering. Yeah, definitely hashtag chunky guys. <laughs> there you go. All right, main event, not chunky guys. Uh, these are weights. You don't see too many chunky weights. Ari Farias versus John Sweeney. Uh, not for a belt, so it's three rounds, five minutes. I will tell you about Sweeney first, John Hollywood Sweeney, 11 and three, five knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice. He's three and zero on LFA. He's won five straight fights. Uh, he's not lost since July of 2020. He used to fight at featherweight. He's six years younger than Farias, uh, inch taller, and he's got two inches of reach on him. Astro boy, Farias is 12 and three, two knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Also two and one in LFA. He's won two straight fights and seven of eight. Also was a regional champ before signing with LFA. Used to fight up at featherweight as well. And he is a grappling champion. He's done a lot of pro grappling. Go ahead. Yeah, Ari Farias is a, a damn good grappler. Like, this is a yep. guy who, there you uh, go. yeah, yeah. He won IBJJF's Worlds uh, twice, I believe. Um, he's a black belt under Ramon Lemos, who that name might not mean anything, but Ramon Lemos is a black belt under Andre Pedineris. So like he's a Pedineris guy. And he's one of those guys who is really good at jujitsu off of his back, but has like transitioned it exceptionally well to um, exceptionally well to MMA in that he's like found a way to make it his top game that really works. And I will say this, Ari Farias 
Artie has wins over two guys currently in the UFC and one guy who was in the UFC. Uh, he beat uh, Simon Oliveira, who is going to be fighting on that uh, Brazil card coming up. He yeah. beat Luan Lacerda, who I think is also on that Brazil card coming up. And he beat Missionary Tanaka in his last fight. So, like, this is a guy who's really good at grappling and has beaten some really high-level dudes. Um, but people are also really high on John Sweeney. Um, he, he's got, like, some pretty good low kicks. He is moves forward really well. He looks pretty good in the clinch. But my worry here is just that, like, he's he moves forward too much um, in a way that, like, if you move forward against Ari Farias, Ari Farias is probably going to take you down, which is like what he's he's done to all of these people who I mentioned, right? Like he, he fought, um, you know, when he fought Simon Oliveira, he fought him in ACB, by the way, which is a weird place for two Brazilian dudes to fight. Um, but like he, Simon Oliveira got too close, shot the takedown, got in on, and it's just like never let him up because he's just so good at jujitsu. And the thing about this is, is he's fighting a guy in John Sweeney who likes to crowd his opponent, likes to be in his opponent's face, likes to dust up with his opponents. And and that's, in the past, has been a recipe to get him taken down, to make him wind up on his back. And that's a recipe for disaster against a guy like Ari Farias, because at the end of the day, it's going to take exactly one time that he needs to be taken down, and he's going to have his back taken, and he's going to get rid of choked. And what number are you going to get him at? Um, I actually think the the public's high enough on John Sweeney that you might get Ari Farias at like negative 175, maybe negative 180. But honestly, I think you could bet this all the way up to like negative 300. Like maybe you don't want to play a straight bet on this, but up to negative 300, I think Ari Farias is playable. So with that being said, to those of you who are still listening at this point, I have to let you know that this is when we had internet troubles and me and Chalks uh, lost connection. So uh, this is going to be giving you a brief rundown of the uh, picks I had once again for LFA 170 or 150 rather. Uh, I got Ari Farias in the main event. I like him all the way up to negative 300. If he does balloon up, you should parlay him with Thomas Peterson, who I think is already going to be in that negative 300 mix. I like Mark Klimako, who is probably going to be right around a pick him. I like Scott Ritz quite a bit as, you know, somewhere near a decent favorite. And I like Dylan Budka as a as an underdog kicking off the show. So once again, that's my rundown of LFA 150. As a reminder, you should check me and Jeff out both on Twitter at Gumby Vreeland and at Jeff Fox Writer. You can also check out this show right here at SGPN MMA on Twitter. And you can check out all of our writing at sportsgamblingpodcast.com or you can check out my specific MMA stuff at, on my other podcast, Top Turtle MMA, or you can check out his MMA-specific stuff on his Substack, moneymma.substack.com. Uh, and uh, I guess since he's not here, uh, that leaves me to do the right uh, leadoff. So he's the mindless Hulk, Jeff Fox, who is now gone, and I am Gubby Freeland, and we will catch you on Wednesday.